Alrighty, gang. Welcome to Brolosophy. Philosophy through the eyes of an idiot. Um, so, <clears throat> today, we are sponsored by True Protein. So, if you guys want supplements for all your training needs, uh, True Protein are the place to go. So, you can head to trueprotein.com.au and check out their full range. So their full range includes all your different types of proteins, whey protein, vegan protein, weight loss protein, night protein, elite protein, collagen protein. Look, to be honest, they might have too much protein. Um, Also, they have performance-based blends, weight loss blends, meal replacement blends, post-workout fat burners, blah, blah, blah. Um, Mass gainers, they've got um, health foods like... um, superfood powders, nut butters, uh, MCT oils, all the good stuff. So no matter what you guys are trying to do for your training and wellness needs, um, if you're a weightlifter, if you're a figure model, if you're a keto kid, um, whatever you need, True Protein have got it for you. So that's really great. And they're a partner of ours and a long-time partner of ours. So if you want to support the show, then if you have supplement needs, then head on over to trueprotein.com.au, use the code BRO, and you will get 10% off. Also, we are brought to you today by Yeti. So Yeti guys, uh, I've lost my Yeti read um, about um, what Yeti are, but they're actually just, to simplify it, they're the best, <clears throat> to simplify it, they're the best premium outdoor brand uh, in the Australian marketplace. So they have multiple different uh, options for your coolers. So getting out into the wild, if you're going camping, if you're going fishing, if you're going um, just a weekend away, uh, you're having a barbecue with your, with your buds. They've got the Tundra, which is this massive um, epic cooler that's probably, it's probably you would have to say, the best cooler, um, you know, um, what would you call it? Esky in Australia, chili bin, chili bun, chili, chili bun in New Zealand. Um, Bugger if I know what they call it in other places. But <clears throat> they've got the best coolers uh, in the world, really. So um, here's some of the uh, here's some of the read. Born out of a frustration with coolers that cracked, caved, and gave up, Yeti set out to improve three main elements: durability, extended ice retention, and weather resistance. Um, so I've got my um, Yeti tumbler next to me here. Keeps my water and or coffee hot and or cool, which is great. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff, guys. So um, basically, why is Yeti worth it? Well, you get what you pay for, superior insulation. They're virtually indestructible and you get a five-year warranty on all hard coolers. So to learn more about Yeti, jump online at au.yeti.com forward slash bro. And don't look back. Alrighty. Lastly, guys, we are brought to you today by Athena. So what is Athena? Athena is an online freelancer marketplace, guys. So basically what we do is we find the most talented freelancers all around the world and we align them with our clients to work inside of their business. So if you're a business owner, for example, and you have... Let's use, let's use a, a worked example here. So Say you're a business owner and you have 40 hours in your week and it's you and a small team and so on and so forth. Um, if you've got 40 hours in your week and you split those ta- uh, that time into tasks, so you've got your real top priority tasks 
15 hours a week, that's sales, marketing, retention, um, whatever that might be. Then you've got, say, 10 hours of in-between, middle, middle grade tasks, stuff that's not the absolute needle movers, but stuff that still needs to be done. And then you've got 15 hours of absolute rubbish tasks, low value tasks. I shouldn't say it like that. Um, but tasks that need to be done, but don't need to be done by the most experienced, you know, the most um, trusted uh, members of the team. So that might be some sort of um, research, data entry, um, reconciling the books, chasing failed payments. All these tasks is, exist inside of every business. And the whole idea is to get a really highly qualified, motivated, overqualified really, um, you know, uh, squire to come in and help you in your business to take those 15 hours of you know low value tasks turn them into maybe two hours of management or an hour of management per week and then give you 13 or 14 hours to focus on the high value stuff so it's more sales marketing retention partnerships product development whatever it is that's how business really should work guys you should be building a team around you in order for you to concentrate on the most important things as the entrepreneur or the business owner or the leader or whatever you want to call yourself um, and making sure that the, the low end stuff gets taken by um, taken off your plate by somebody who can um, yeah help you do your best work. So if you're in a position where you need some administrative help, if you're in a position where you need some, um, some, some content marketing help, some, some media help, some SEO, um, whatever it is, we can help you. We can find whoever you're looking for. So to make an inquiry, head to athena.co um, or uh, and you'll get 20 hours free if you use the code BRO when you're in the, in the inquiry box. Um, also, you can also email me directly if you have any questions at doc, D-O-C, at athena.co and that's A-T-H-Y-N-A. And that's it. So here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Welcome back to Brolosophy with here. He- <laughs> no, that can be the start. Sorry, that, can be, that, that can be the start. I'm actually used to it. So it's fine. Um, um, that was the worst attempt. That was the worst attempt at a name ever. I didn't even get to the name. I didn't even get to the name part. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I got to the name part. Um, I'm here with Sarah Grinberg, right? Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Radio producer, um, host of the um, Life of Greatness podcast. Um, yeah, Sarah. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, in your own words, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who is Sarah Grinberg? Who is Sarah Grinberg? Sarah Grinberg is a producer. 
I am a producer at Podcast One. I'm also, as you mentioned, a host of the podcast, A Life of Greatness, Mm -hmm. where I interview thought leaders, best-selling authors, entertainers about what makes them great and what makes a person great and share those learnings with my audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's basically what I do and who I am. I'm Australian. I've lived in Melbourne my whole life. And podcasting is something that I really got into a couple of years ago, but I was a radio producer for many years before that. Yeah, cool. So um, tell me a little bit about, about your background. Were you inner city, like out of suburbs, in the bush? Like you're... I was inner city. Oh, right. Inner city person. Went to a girls' school from prep to year 12. Had a you know really normal kind mm-hmm. of upbringing and stuff like that. Always wanted to be in entertainment. Seriously, from when I was four years old, like that's, I had that vision of that was what I wanted to do. What? Yeah, no Most joke. driven like four-year-old I've ever I, heard I of. Just, that is where I found that I really loved doing, like watching stuff and then acting out things. Like I really, that was that was something that was a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And then I went to uni and I did arts with media and film. And mm-hmm. then I went in to do a postgrad in PR. And after that, I worked at some entertainment PR firms and it kind of wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Moved into the more marketing side at corporate businesses mm-hmm. and really thought, this it, it was good and great learnings and I, you know, the amount, especially being in those corporates, the amount you learn and you're exposed to is brilliant. But there was a yearning in me that I still, it wasn't right. Like there was still something more. And um, I used to pass when I was working at a corporate, I used to uh, share, like we used to um, drive in with another girl and I used to pass what podcast one is now which is fox mm. and triple m in in melbourne but mm-hmm. the austereo network and i used to pass it and i thought god i would love to work there i'd love to work there and one day i sent an email to a guy that i knew that happened to work there that i you know hadn't spoken to for years and as the universe would have it he wrote back and said oh my god i've got this job it looks like exactly your experience and cut a long story short nine years and i've been there in all different roles and it's wow. fabulous what a fluke yeah, That's I don't crazy. think it's fluke. I think it's fate. Okay, but, um, there you go. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's meant to be. And I'm cool. so happy I, I kind of went on a limb and just emailed him because I knew that that was kind of where my, my passion lied. So, wow. Yeah. Awesome. And the sky's been the limit since then. Unreal. So did you grow up in a creative family? Like what got you into... Oh, I didn't. I did not grow up in a creative family. Not like, you know, kind of more sciencey family. But, sciencey family? Well, then, What does know, that mean? Oh, just a family of people that were more inclined to be that way than <laughs> creative. I've never um, heard anyone say that before. Uh, I was like, a sciencey family? <laughs> um, <laughs> just sitting there with beakers and like experiments going all day. And I, you know what? I don't even think I would have thought of myself as creative up until a year ago where everyone keeps saying you're so creative. I yeah. never looked at myself as being creative because I'm oh, yeah? arty. Mm. And I, you know, I don't feel like I have these wild ideas about how things could be until everyone kept going, wow, the way that you create this stuff. And then I was like, wow, I think I'm, I actually am a creative. Yeah. So it's, it's funny how like my interpretation of what creative is is actually so different to what other yeah. people thought it yeah. was. And You're thinking was of like, Leonardo da Vinci rather than um, Christopher Nolan. Seriously, and I was Nolan. like, no, I, I am creative. And, you know, I think about all the elements of the podcast, <laughs> A Life of Greatness, that I do. And I obviously produce that as well as host it. And the amount of creativity that obviously goes into that is huge. So, yeah, wow, I'm creative. You are. You definitely are. It's storytelling. 
well, effectively. Yeah. Really, like when I, I wrote down, so obviously I've got like a, some little tiny dot points here, but one of my things was why storytelling? Because that's what I feel like as a producer yeah. at Podcast One and, and, and obviously with your own podcast and um, from what you've told me, you're into storytelling, which is massively, well, it. it's an art, it's yes, creative. It it's is. just not painting or drawing or sculpting or whatever. It's not with your hands, it's with your head, I guess. Yes. Maybe more so. Um, but it's super creative. I did all the same stuff in school. I did like art and media and um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it yeah. and did nothing with it. But I have this now. I guess this is creative. Um, but um, yeah, so you didn't come from a, from a creative family. Where did you, what led you to be kind of going down that path then? Well, I think it was just that passion for being in that entertainment realm from what I was mentioning that I liked when I was young. And mm -hmm. I really, I loved acting when I was mm -hmm. little and I used to do a heap of that. And then I kind of went to uni and I stopped. But I had that part in me that I loved. So then when I got the role at, um, you know, Fox and Triple M and I started working in radio and doing radio producing, I just loved being amongst the hype and mm -hmm. um the pace the fast pace of it all I just there was something in me that just lit up when I mm -hmm. when I was amongst that and so that was kind of what led me to this path yeah mm -hmm. that's actually quite lucky you're one of the blessed people on the planet that can say that you know because it's really it's awesome to hear you yeah. know because a lot of people you know go to work and work is you know and ends a means to an end obviously putting food on the table but you know so many people their day-to-day -day doesn't light them up and, mm. and put you know fire in their eyes and, and so on and so forth so it's really refreshing to hear completely and I think look I I did have that at times when I was working in kind of corporates where I thought this is not lighting me up and yep. it was kind of more of a day job and I knew that there was always like I yearned for something more and so when I found that and especially moving into podcast one which was a couple of years ago that was when I was like wow like people say that you know, when you find your purpose and, you know, the path you're supposed to be on, say from a work perspective, then it doesn't become work. Like I don't look at what I do as work because I just love it so much. So yeah, it's brilliant. I, I'm very fortunate in that sense. Well, wow, that's amazing. So you've been with, um, so you've been with Ausdereo, uh, what is it? Ausdereo originally? Southern Cross Ausdereo. Southern, yeah. Cross, Southern Cross Ausdereo. And then when did it become Podcast One? When did that so all happen? I think kind of three years ago gotcha so I was doing breakfast producing for a while and for um, the hit network and then I moved into podcast one two years ago yeah so, so that was when podcasting still was fairly new yeah no nah, for sure I actually I reckon I was one of the f world's first podcast listeners really dead set I've been listening to podcasts since the Ricky Gervais show, yes, which was the world's biggest podcast when podcasts first became a thing, they started. Then that became audiobooks. They charged for it, yeah. Um, and so I've seen podcasting the whole way through, and I've been like, why does no one listen to this shit? Like Ryan Shelton, who we were talking about earlier, yeah. Ryan Shelton had a podcast called One Minute with Ryan Shelton about twelve years ago, wow. and it was the most hilarious sixty seconds of your day. I, I've loved it all the way through, but no, it took so long to gain traction. I feel like. You know, for the last 10 or 12 years for me, I, I listen to very little radio. But today I had a long drive. I'm staying on the peninsula. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to Triple M today. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the people that is on the side of the fence that really likes Eddie McGuire. And, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I work for Fox and Triple M. That's part of the, like my, you know, yeah. and I, I think they play awesome music. So. Yeah. And, and I love Eddie McGuire. I, I think they've got a good dynamic. I like the show. Brilliant show. Yeah, I really think it's great. So, But I don't listen to much radio. I've always been... 
Yeah, I've always been a, a podcast listener, so I've always kind of chosen what I want to listen to. And yes. I, I kind of was always like, why is this not as big as it should be? Because it's on demand. Rather than listening to like, you know, radio, you kind of you get what you're given. Topics, content, mm. guests, radio, um, songs or whatever. Yeah. And then Spotify became a phenomenon, obviously, and, and so on and so forth. But podcasting took way longer to, to take off. And I think that radio's still big, but for you being playing both radio and podcasting, where is the whole industry at at the moment? Because I think breakfast radio still... Is, is radio still where it I, always I, was? Or? To be honest with you, because I'm not in the radio <coughs> part of it, like it's part of our business, but I don't sit in it day to day. I am unsure. Yeah. Um, but it does still do very well, like yeah. for sure. It still is the dominant platform. Yeah. But the thing is, podcasting is just coming up on leaps and bounds at such a fast pace. Mm. So it hasn't reached where radio has yet, mm. but radio has been around for... Yeah. Years and years and yeah. years, but it's it is growing so fast. So yeah. it'll be there, you know, in no time. Mm. Yeah, I feel like radio must be massive. I saw um, still to this day. I saw um, I was I don't actually watch the news or read the papers, but I seem to be just flicking through some reason. And I saw Kyle Sandilands um, and Jackie O had signed a radio deal for fifty million dollars. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, what? Fifty million dollars. So radio must be massive. So they're morning radio, right? Yeah, they're not on my station, but yeah, they are. Yeah. They're in so, Sydney. Okay, cool. So, so with podcasts, kind of, you're obviously with a network, so um, you would see all podcasts of all shapes and sizes. I do. So, I produce all different podcasts. Yeah. So, podcasting, obviously radio is still killer for, um, for advertisers or Cole and Jackie O wouldn't be able to have a $50 million contract. But what does it look like <clears throat> economically for like podcasters these days? Are there really good opportunities for advertisers? Like, will because podcast is much more niche driven, right? Yeah. You know, so I feel like it's. I think that's really good, though. Yeah. So no, I know um, from a sales perspective, there's an amazing abundance of different podcasts that that uh, clients can be sold into and brands can be sold into, and I know that it's just absolutely gone up and up with the amount of different clients and brands coming mm-hmm. in and wanting to sponsor different podcasts, like. Say, for example, you know, the podcast, A Life of Greatness, I, it's being sponsored at the moment by the Smith family, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the host reads the ads and all that kind of stuff. Or if you were, you know, wanting to be associated with a cooking podcast, there's mm-hmm. one for that. Or if you want to be associated with a sports podcast. So you can really target the specific people that mm. you want your brand to be exposed to. So I actually think it's an unbelievable platform to sell into. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've... I have a company, I've run a couple of companies the last couple of years, so I understand sales. Yeah. And I think, obviously, I always talk in, if you look at like a sales funnel, right, But I, or you can kind of talk of it as in know, like, and trust, you know? People need to know who you are, they need to like you and what you do, but before they become a customer or buy your product or service or whatever, they probably need to trust you. Because if you have the other two in droves, but they don't trust you, they're not going to buy anything from you. Yeah. You know, so, and... I've seen a lot of, um, we mentioned, I don't, I don't know, yeah, before the show about dynamic advertising in podcasts, which you hear a lot of, um, you know, the placement, for people who don't know what that is, the placement of an ad that's not read by the, not read by the, um, mm, the host of the show um, and can be reused and, and time-specific and, and is not time-specific, so it can be replaced and so forth. Um, so I think that's great, <clears throat> but I think, for example, with podcasts, you have the audience and the listenership that's listening to you for 90 minutes maybe 
on a Monday and, you know, 60 minutes on a Thursday. Potentially, if you release two shows a week, like that's two and a half hours that people are actually listening to you. So I think yeah. the buying of the trust factor, you know, a lot of people will just read the, you know, read a read and won't really care about it. But if you actually believe that the person cares about the brand, it's, um, you, you kind of borrow that trust, I feel like. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, and I, I think, like we said, because it's so unbelievably targeted, if you're a... And, you know, if you are really into a certain podcast and you're listening to the host you know, talk about certain things like ads, then you'd be more inclined to want to buy that because you really trust the people that mm-hmm. you're listening to. So, yeah, I think it's a perfect place for people to sell their, their products. Yeah. I actually listen to a couple of um, comedy podcasts. Well, a lot of comedy podcasts. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite podcasts is Fight on the Kid. Okay. Have you heard of Fight on the Kid? No, I haven't. So it's an American podcast. Yeah. It's, a, um, it's an ex-fighter, an ex-UFC fighter, um, Brendan Schaub, who's now a um, stand-up, and one of his best friends, Brian Callen, who's always been a stand-up. He's like an actor slash stand-up. And it's just a really funny show. It's just, it's like, yeah, it's just to- really topical, really cultu- yeah. you know, cultural, what's happening right now. And they're both kind of, Brian Callen's really, really smart. And Brendan's kind of really, really dumb, but tries to be smart, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> no, but he's, he's great. Like, they're a great combo. Um, but they actually, um, talking about ads, I actually, you know how people at the start of a show, a lot of the time, they'll be like, oh, fuck, ads. And they'll go like 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds, and kind of fast forward to the yeah, show yeah. starting. I actually look forward to their ads because they just kind of like... Um, have a good time with it. Yeah, they take the piss out of the advertiser, but in a really good way. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of the highlights of the show. Oh, really? Uh, well, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really good. So, um, so what are some of the podcasts that you work with? Obviously, you work on the Hamish and Andy show. I am the, um, I, I'm the producer of the Hamish and Andy podcast, one of the producers, and that's obviously Australia's biggest podcast. So, mm-hmm. that's absolute laugh and a half to be a part of yeah. an amazing podcast, like amazing energy and we produce that once a week so this mm-hmm. and that comes out every Thursday. So that's, you know, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do our true crime podcast. So I work with a journalist who is a crime journalist and we look at different cases and I've been doing that for a couple of years. Cool. And then there's more kind of a healthy, it's like done with a doctor. It's called a, a health kind of podcast about debunking this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, then life of greatness, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's pretty cool that you work with Hamish and Andy, um, for one, because like it's just they're the best. Yeah. They're everybody's favourite people in Australia. Yes. So to work with those guys creatively would be. I've would interviewed be... both of them on a life of greatness. Yeah, and awesome. They're both amazing episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, one of my friends, um, one of my friends tells a funny story about uh, Hamish and Andy. His yeah. his wife, uh, she's friends with Hamish and Andy and Ro- and Ryan Ryan Shelton. and um, so my mate's name's Pado. And it was really nice because I, I th- feel like in Australia, Hamish and Andy are like, everybody's just like, oh, those guys. They're, you feel like they're your best mates. Yeah, of course. You know? And there's two examples of, that I just think that they must be the best. I've never met either of them. No, they are, honestly. They're the most beautiful souls you've ever met. What yeah. you see is what you get. Yeah, like, yeah. They are truly awesome people. So I'll tell my mate, my mate Pato's story uh, in a sec, but I walked past... One thing that made me really happy the other day was... Um, I was walking through South Melbourne and I kind of just turned my head. It was like Thursday afternoon, about 3 p.m., Sun was out, it was like 25 degrees. This is probably just before summer, actually. It was a few months ago. And I looked to my right, and Hamish and Andy were just having a beer randomly at a pub in the beer garden and just laughing their heads off, telling stories with each other. And I was like, man, that makes me so happy. Bless. <laughs> you know how it's yeah. just, you know that it's not just like a working relationship. Because no, no, there is a lot no. of that in, in no, entertainment, they're you know? Mates, they're yeah, mates. yeah. And yeah, the two of them together are so funny. Like, we have a planning meeting for a couple of hours before we go into actually like doing the show. 
And we are just laughing through that planning meeting because <laughs> yeah. they're both hysterical. Yeah. Um, that's great. And then, yeah, I remember my mate Pato, he told me this story. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, it's funny. I was having to be with uh, Hamish Nandy the other day. I was like, oh, man, this was 10 years ago or probably eight years ago. And uh, he told me a story. He goes, you'll never guess what happened. He goes, um, so I was invited to a house party that um, it was like his, his partner and like all her friends were there and Hamish and Annie were going to be there and she was good mates with Ryan, Ryan Shelton, I think. Mm. And then, um, so Pato was like, nervous a little yeah. bit because he'd never met Hamish and Andy you know and, and uh, he rolled in there and they knocked on the door and Hamish opened the door and he was standing there like dressed totally normally just without pants just yeah. had his boxes on and he said um, oh guys welcome take off your dacks and come on in we're having a no pants party and everyone in the house was just going about their day but just um, just without pants on Hilarious. and yeah he was like mate it was just it was like watching Hamish and Andy um, so yeah I love those guys they're going to be so good to um, you know do obviously be part of the creative team so um that's awesome but with the um true crime podcast so i'm interested because um yeah i've produced this podcast for a few years and listened forever and podcasting was always long form conversation for the most part really like it was a snippet from a radio show or an interview like this um and then you started to see a little bit more produced content and, and and so forth but now you're really starting to see Productions, I guess, um, scripted productions, yes. and, and and it started with, I guess, Serial and This American Li- and This American Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This American Life does those Cere- produces yeah. serial. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, town and stuff. Yeah, that's right. So, so, but the true crime podcast that you produce, what was it called? Sorry. So it's the series is Understate, and then yep. there's another kind of more uh, interview-based one called Adam Shand at Large. Yeah. So Adam is the crime reporter that I work with, the crime journalist. Yeah. Cool. So. When you're producing a show like that, what, is it, what does it look like on the back end? Because obviously <clears throat> this, as we said before the show, like I'll turn the mic on cameras and we'll record for an hour. I'll put the Google Drive, put the folder um, assets in Google Drive. My team will produce it and that's it. You know, there's no real, you know, bells and whistles and long yeah. setups and, and meetings and planning. But... Obviously, producing that's very a true- quick though, because every single like even a life of greatness is produced way more than that. Yeah, how you so? Know? What do you mean? So, like, because I'm the producer as well, as well as the host, like, I, to find the appropriate guest will take me a, like a while because I'm very yeah. particular about who I have on. Yeah. And then obviously the relationship between obviously getting that guest can mm-hmm. take a while, and then you know having they come into the studio and then I film them and then mm-hmm. writing questions. I mean, you and I obviously work differently. Like I write a lot of questions. But no, that's fabulous. <laughs> I have questions. I Look at this. What are they? Topics. Question marks. Question marks. There's about seven of them. Yeah, but I think also because the conversations I'm having are a bit different. Yeah. So like, you know, it's very, very in-depth and then they come and, be, and they're filmed. But then I work so closely with the... I have two people editing it. And I work really closely with those people, which can take days. Mm-hmm. And then it's um, imaged, which mm-hmm. takes a while with all the sound and stuff like that. And then there's a social media team that works with me to make yeah. assets. So one episode can take a while. There's yeah. a lot that goes into it, a lot No, of for sure. And we do do all that yeah. as well. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I have a team that create 15 assets and, you know, show booking, yeah. town booking, whatever and so forth. But, but I, what, I guess what I'm trying to say is, putting together an actual production yes, as in like a like true a crime, crime like yeah. a narrative yes. a narrative and so forth like what does that actually look like because it's a big production yeah so there's a team of 
four of us. So there's two producers, myself and another producer. There's our crime journalist and then mm -hmm. there's an audio producer. And we'll have meetings every week and then it's it's scripted. It's completely mm -hmm. scripted by our um, crime journalist. Mm -hmm. And then he works really closely with the audio producer as well. But we'll sit there and it's almost like being part of a TV show where yeah. we'll read parts of the script. Like we'll all play characters and read it over and make really? changes. Yeah. It takes months sometimes to produce one of those things. And, and also a lot of the ones we do are... Uh, um, true stories that are unsolved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like working out all the different facts. There's a heap. There's You're a like, legal fuck, we team. might solve this thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're onto something here. There's a legal team that has to, everything has to be passed by because obviously Far, you know, yeah. it's very technical when it comes to the law. So, it, it, the, to, to produce a six part series can will take months. Yeah. And also, there's sometimes they don't go anywhere. So, my the crime reporter and I were looking into a specific case and we worked for it. We worked on it on and off for a year and it kind of just fizzled a bit so you know if you can't get enough evidence and there's not enough meeting <laughs> can't get enough evidence you sound like actual detectives Seriously. you're just like um, you know that little detective emoji honestly that's you yeah <laughs> if there's not enough content to make an make enough episodes yeah. then we can't do it but we may have been kind of studying that case for a really long time yeah. so it's unbelievably fascinating and yeah. you know you're reading legal documents and um, police reports and wow. all this kind of stuff. So as a producer, I mean, you think about what I do. I do Hamish and Andy, which is mm. a laugh and a half, a lot of work, yeah. but a laugh and a half. And so unbelievably, you know, such a reward to be able to work with these geniuses. Yeah, for and sure. learn so much from them. So much happiness comes yeah. from those two men. <laughs> so they're going to work with this crime reporter yeah. where like, you know, there was a time I remember we were working on a case and we like drove up the street where the girl was abducted. <laughs> oh, really? And we were like looking at her house and he's like, she, the, the guy would have entered from there and there and like all this kind of stuff. Just saying all the stuff you'd seen on NCIS and, and literally it was actually the same to then working on a life of greatness where I speak to these like neuroscientists yeah. about what makes a person great and how they can change their brain to have the best life possible mm -hmm. to then doing this kind of medical podcast where we debunk medical myths. Mm. So I got the whole spectrum. It's yeah. it's completely amazing to be able to kind of see all these different sides of podcasting, yeah, stories, sure. and create all these beautiful things. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. Um, so with the crime podcast, I'm just I'm just really the listeners probably aren't interested in this at all, but I really am. Yeah. As in this particular question. Um, so the crime podcast with podcast one, does it work that you would basically kind of like buy a show? Or well, you create your own shows because, own all right, cool. So how do you, how does the model work financially? Because obviously... It's just the same as any other podcast. So it works in that people sponsor it and then that's how... No, I know. But I mean, I guess what I mean is, so for example, if you have a crime podcast that doesn't get off the ground and you've got a legal team, you've got two producers, you know, you've got a lot of costs. Yeah. How, how do you recoup that? And is it like... With the, through the use of the Podcast One network, do you say, we know that if we create good, really qu quality content here, we can get X amount of listeners, which, you know, will serve our Yeah, our I suppose. But the crime, the way that from a monetary perspective, the crime and the life of greatness, they all work in the same way. So there's no mm. difference. Like my time as being a producer is also on a life of greatness. I get paid a salary for that. You yeah. know what I mean? As in to be a producer and I'm yeah. working on Hamish Andy, la, la, la. So, you know, the legal team's part of the business the whole, anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah that's not, right. You're not getting externals, you know, yeah. it's all kind of part of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I guess I'm just interested in, yeah, um, creating a show from scratch that has that much 
um, work behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting to me. Um, yeah, it is. It's fascinating. But it I really guess, is. yeah, I guess that's what a network is. You know, yeah. that's why. Um, and I think it's great. I remember hearing, uh, I remember when, because um, Spotify, I think, bought, I think Spotify paid like, hmm, they spent billions, I think, in the last couple of years buying podcast networks. Yeah, um, we just joined the Spotify. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's in all of our podcasts and now on Spotify too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, because, um, and I remember, I don't know whether it was like the CEO of Spotify or somebody made a quote and they said, we want to become the, net, uh, the Netflix of audio. Um, so they've obviously bought all these different podcasting networks, but then to create unique content, yeah. you know, so p- producing their own shows on a regular basis and, and, um, and so forth. And I just think it's, um, yeah, it's really just so interesting how everything's, Changing so fast in the yeah, way that the we... Yeah, the landscape is, you know, for the on-demand audience, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so tell me about um, A Life of Greatness. So what... Because obviously, being a content creator yes. um, and having your own platform, you can go a number of different ways. But for you, like what... The name itself tells me something, you know? Like it's, you know, but why, why A Life of Greatness? What fires you up about these conversations and and so forth? So basically, I discovered a few years ago that we're able to create the lives we want. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not just... uh, You you don't just go through life and things happen to you and it's, well, was me. You are the creator of your your journey. And when I was able to learn the tools and kind of work out what these great people did, it absolutely inspired me to be able to share that with Mm -hmm. the with the world Mm -hmm. so I created a life of greatness exactly for that reason and I interview as I said thought leaders New York Times bestselling authors entertainers people that I believe are great and have experienced greatness in their life or kind of know a formula as such on how they've lived great lives and, and and they share it with others so my chats with people are so unbelievably fascinating you know like I mentioned I have an Andy Lee and a Hamish Blake, but I legitimately have them on because I can tell you that they are the most beautiful souls and mm-hmm. they talk about how they've achieved greatness and what their life story is and what their morals are and how they got to where they are. And they're very, you know, humble when they're telling those stories and, you know, it's unbelievably interesting to get behind, like, how people have achieved what they mm-hmm. have to people like, you know, a... Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's one of the godfathers of epigenetics, and he talks about how your genes don't determine your destiny and, you know, your genes are able to be turned on and off by the environment and that's how you're able to kind of change your life and illnesses and all this kind of stuff. So we get into all these different conversations to, you know, I also interviewed Brendan Favola on the, mm-hmm. the series that just came out the other week where he talks about his journey and how he went from being, you know, one of the biggest AFL, AFL football players of all time to hitting absolute rock bottom to now having a fabulous life and how why family is so unbelievably important to him and the realisations he's had since coming from rock bottom to where he is now. You know, I... I um, also interviewed this amazing woman called Laura Nyrider who works at the wrongful conviction of, of kids and I knew about her because of the Netflix documentary Making a Murderer. Oh, I love that documentary. So she was on the second series of that and she yeah. was part of Brendan Dassey's team. Oh, she was full a lawyer on. on that trying to help him 
um, be able to get out of prison because he was obviously put in there. Not um, the lady that was the star of the. No, that, that, was, that she was, was. She the, was with. Um, the, um, she was with. The main guy on there. Yeah. Um, but no, this is his nephew. Yeah, yeah, I remember Brendan Dassey. Yeah. Free Brendan so, Dassey. Yeah. Hashtag free Brendan. Free Brendan. Well, that was hot. That was what a, a fuck. That was oh shocking. my god. Like, that oh. was shocking. But oh. the boy is, uh, you know, got learning disabilities mm. and is been put in prison after being absolutely interrogated oh. and told that he'd be able to leave. He was so young. He didn't even have anyone with Man, him. Yeah, that was, was so sad watching that. It was the saddest oh, thing. So know. this woman who's like this high-class lawyer, you know, chose to go into this profession that doesn't make anywhere near as much money as mm. what she could have gone into commercial law to literally give her life up to be able to save these kids that mm. have been put into prison for reasons that they shouldn't be there so Mm. it's just fascinating different chats and legitimately there is one for everyone you know Mm. like on this series you can listen to Taria Pitt who you know was the ultra marathon runner who got burnt to 65% of her body and she talks about gratitude and uh, you know things that she's learned by by going through what she has to make her the happy person that she is today so she gives you know tips and advice to everyone from teenagers to children to an Andy Lee who talks about, you know, how he, everyone is exactly the same. Like there's no hierarchy in his head. He treats every person absolutely equally from the cleaner to the CEO of Mm -hmm. a company. Um, To listening to Brendan Favola who talks obviously about how family has played such an important part in his life. To I also have interviewed Vishen Lakiani, who's the head of Mind Valley. So Mind oh, Valley wow, is this, great. this um, amazing online university, the biggest one in the world, and he's huge at the moment. And he talks about how he came from humble beginnings to transform his life to where it is now and live the life that he's always wanted wanted to live. So there's you know people in all different pockets of life that I speak to. So. It's been an amazing journey and the guests I have are phenomenal and they, Mm -hmm. you know, I spoke to Kate Lambrook about her life and, you know, she was so vulnerable and so beautiful and talks about growing up in a Jehovah's Witness family and her son's battle with leukaemia and how she got to where she is now. It's, It's just one beautiful story after the next and I'm so grateful to everyone that I have on and for them to share their experiences with me is, you know, I feel so blessed to have that and to share it with others. Yeah, no, that's great. I suppose um, you've kind of got like a superpower in the fact that you can take a little bit of... You, obviously, you've got to build your own philosophy around what your life, you yes. know, and what you want that to look like and what greatness looks like to you and so forth. Um, I was talking to my buddy who owns a gym <coughs> um, down on the peninsula. I've been staying down there. And my previous company, I used to get... I used to go out to a different gym and do promotional stuff every week, every yes. Wednesday. I've always been into like... Um, fitness and training and so forth and I would see something every week that I was like wow if I ever open a gym because I used to want to if I ever open a gym I'd put that into my gym that's so cool and I would always share this information with my mate Will and we'd kind of talk about training philosophies and what makes a good community and so forth whereas what you have and what I have as well to a degree because my demographic is quite similar we tell interesting and important stories that's kind of like our thing it's very amazing yeah very similar Um, but I feel like you have that a real superpower where you can Take people that have inspired you, that you look up to, that you love the story of or whatever, and you can pick their brain and find the nuggets of gold that they have, you know? Because everybody has... Yeah, and then, you know, if you can... I used to always think that <clears throat> if I can... When I'd go to these gyms, if I could pick up one little... Th- I actually really wanted to open a gym. If I could pick up one little thing and I could take that back with me and kind of put it in my, in my back pocket for like, oh, this is how 
if this scenario was to play out, this is how I would handle it. This, if I had this opportunity, that would be great, you know. And, and I think, yeah, you have the same ability with what you do to learn yes. from the best. Well, that's it. And you know, it's funny. I interviewed this guy who's amazing called Tim Story mm -hmm. on my most recent series of A Life of Greatness. So Tim was an African-American preacher and then basically they're calling the comeback king. I heard mm -hmm. him on Oprah. He's mm -hmm. phenomenal. And he's, uh, you know worked with people like Kanye West, Robert Downey Jr., Katy Perry, uh, Quincy Jones, who have had a setback in his, their lives and he's brought them back to a comeback, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was interviewing, he said something to me. He's like, you always knew that you were going to do what you are doing now, didn't you? And I was like, oh, yes. I hadn't kind of thought about it. And I was like, yeah, I suppose, like the story I told you, like when I was four, like I loved acting and I can always... He said, you could see yourself, yeah, like on the big screen. Not that I'm on a big screen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. He goes, I knew that too. He goes, when I worked with Oprah, she knew that too. She said, Tim, when I was six years old, I knew that there was something more for me out there. So you had that vision and you know, even if it's in your subconscious and not in your conscious mind, that your destiny lies somewhere. So it's funny, the path that I ended up going to did lead me to where I wanted to be from a mm. really young age. And then obviously going to those corporates and doing what I did to then being a radio producer for years, I used to really watch what people were doing. So I'd watch the hosts of the radio shows that I would be producing and I'd watch them interviewing. Mm -hmm. And I would think, why, why don't they ask this question or mm -hmm. they're talking over the person mm -hmm. that they're interviewing? You know, like I pick up good things as yeah. well, but I'd yeah. also kind of really go okay what were the best bits out of that and what were the not so great bits out of that but it was completely subconscious yeah you know i wasn't going because i want to host a podcast yeah, yeah that yeah, wasn't yeah. even on the horizon yeah, yeah, yeah it was just watching and and being really able to give these people space to see what was going on so having that as you mentioned that superpower really came from those years of producing and, yeah. and being I've always been really interested in having deep conversations with people mm -hmm. and I, more than interested, I always have because mm -hmm. I love getting to know people and I love knowing what ticks about someone. So, mm -hmm. you know, from a young age, people would say, oh, you're so good at listening. You're really good at listening. Like a lot of people, they just like to hear their own voice, but you like listen. And I didn't do that on purpose. I just really was intrigued by listening to the stories of anyone that I met. So really getting to where I am now it completely makes sense, doesn't mm, it? Mm. Yeah, and I think um, I think other people in your position, um, you know, you have the ability to pick the brain of some of the highest performers around Australia and yeah. around the world, um, but not everyone would do a, a, a fantastic job of that. Like you said, you, you actually really think about how you would interview. So, um, but for you, like when you're sitting down with somebody, because um, for us, for example, like we've had child soldiers, you know, and, and astrophysicists and corrupt cops, storm chasers, stuff that yes. they've seen some really hectic things, lived some really crazy lives. But like, how do you get the best out of an interview? How do you actually get someone to open up and give you something that will get an emotional response yes. from a listener or get, get something that someone can take home Great with? Great question. So on the most recent series of Life of Greatness, I interview a Holocaust survivor who's oh, wow. about to turn 90. Far so firstly, out. you know, interviewing someone of that age is is, is hard yeah. anyway because yeah. they're a little bit older so sometimes they Culturally just, words yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Anyway, this woman is unbelievable though, this lady called Buta. 
So I went to her house and I wouldn't normally do this, but I, she's a friend of my grandmother's. So I went to her house and we spoke for four hours. I sat there with her and I basically wrote down the story that she was telling me. She's written a couple of books. Anyway, so then I had to explain to her, we, we cannot, like, this is a phenomenal story of survival and, you know, there's so much in here, but the podcast is going to last for probably 45 to 50 minutes, yeah. so we're going to have to condense it. So in my mind, I think, okay, what is the story? What are the bits that are the most relevant to the audience and what is the kind of messaging that I need to leave people with mm -hmm. because I don't just want to tell a sad story about the Holocaust. There's millions of those stories and they're so unbelievably fascinating. But my podcast also is about, you know, this woman and what she's achieved since. So yep. I had to kind of have a different way of angling it as well. So how did I achieve the emotion that I wanted to in a situation like that? I completely gave her space. Mm. I allowed her to sit there and tell her story and be able to do it in an environment that was comfortable. I didn't talk over her. Mm -hmm. I just allowed her to speak. And I made sure that the questions directed her in the way that I wanted to find out, you know, things that I wanted to find out more about that mm -hmm. I thought the audience would be really interested in. And it is, I mean, look, for any interview, it's, there is something about making the person feel comfortable and not being the hero of the interview. Like, mm -hmm. I never... It's not about me. The interview is mm -hmm. not about me. It's always about my guest. And people are listening to it because they're listening to this fabulous person that I've been very fortunate enough to come on to the podcast. So yep. I always try to allow that to happen. That it's not... I don't need to tell my stories. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's about the person that I'm interviewing. And I think allowing people to be in a space like that they feel comfortable and so naturally they're going to be really open and honest and vulnerable which all my guests have been mm -hmm. and then I feel so unbelievably grateful for that like I was saying earlier about interviewing Kate Lambrook like I remember she's such a beautiful girl and I remember at the end of that interview just feeling like wow I feel so honored that she shared that vulnerable story with me about her life and fascinating and you know like thousands of people listen to that story and were like wow she's a super amazing human and one thing as well I will never I would always respect the person that I'm interviewing so there's the the output of what they're going to get like the interview is always going to be brilliant mm -hmm. you know like I would never I would never put anything out that wasn't Mm -hmm. you know or, or put them in a position where they didn't want to answer a question like that's never happened to me because I, I, I would never make someone feel really uncomfortable mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting um, when you're talking about telling your own stories I thought to myself fuck I'm guilty of that fuck I'm no, guilty no, of that no, no. <laughs> no, no, no but I am I know that I am you, I know, I, I often like I'll be on a show and, and I'll start talking and the guest is really great and then I'll be like Story. I love telling stories. Yeah. And I'll tell this story for five minutes and then I'll start interviewing and, and in the back of my head, I'm like, you didn't really need to tell that story, man. <laughs> but, um, no, and don't get but me it's, wrong. It's There's fine. a fine line yeah, as no, well. You're right. Like, you know, I, I obviously do say things that relate to me that yeah, they're talking about, but it's also to give the audience an understanding of, oh yeah, it can relate like in that sense. But I don't go off and tell like a 15 minute story about <laughs> yeah, no, I what get it. happened to me when I was growing up or something I don't know whatever do you know what I mean no so, I get it for sure yeah I think you know we've all seen that where the interview kind of becomes more about the interviewer than yeah. the interviewee and that's 100%. always can be a little bit strange yeah yeah um I really like what you said about um 
kind of like telling the story, but um, making sure that it has a positive ending, yes. kind of. And I thought of like the criticism sandwich. Like, do you know the criticism yeah, sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. good, Start with good. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I actually, um, I think about that with this show uh, that we do because, um, because, yeah, our thing is telling interesting and important stories. So, for example, you know, we've had um, um, people talking about climate change and, and, and um, yeah, being a, being a, growing up as a child soldier and cult, su- cult surviving and stuff like that. And I often, I, I go really two ways. If I'm feeling good, the world is really great and the culture that we live in, I really enjoy it and I'm happy to put a smile on my face. But then sometimes I get run down. I also get like anxiety, a little bit of depression, stuff like that. Everybody does. But when I'm, when I'm not feeling great, I really can be quite pessimistic about the state of the world. And I have to... <clears throat> I don't think I do a great job of telling everybody... Like trying to create a story that ends with you know, this, 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 but it's going to be okay because of <laughs> this reason over here, you know? So I really like that because I think we need more positivity and less negativity in the world. Well, that's it. I really do heavily, yeah. heavily think that. I think news is skewed. If it bleeds, it reads, the yeah. old saying with news. I agree. And I, and I think that actually is killing us as a society. It's just, it's, that's why I don't watch the news. I or, don't either. Or what, read, read the newspapers. I used to be obsessed with it. So when I did radio, <coughs> breakfast radio, we had to follow the news, right? Yeah. But I, even before that, I had this obsession with watching the news mm. and I would always watch the news. I could tell you all, every single newsreader's name. Like, yeah. I loved it. I didn't realise that all of that negative chatter was going into my head. Like, I yeah. just, I was unaware there. I was very, not working from a conscious level. Yeah. And then, but you were just young. That's just well, people, that's everyone watches exactly. the news. And, and no I was one, quite intrigued. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So then when I started to get into this work, I realised that firstly, all of the thought leaders and spiritual mentors do not watch or follow media. And when mm-hmm. I got out of doing breakfast radio, there was no need for me to follow the media anymore. Yeah. So I stopped. And don't get me wrong, like I, I'll look on social media and yeah. I'll see highlights, but yeah. You know, say, for example, all of the stuff going on at the moment, um, you know, in the world, like, I don't know the ins and outs of it, mm-hmm. and it's not, and not knowing has not affected me in yeah. any way. Like, yeah. I live such a happy life yeah. because I'm not thinking, oh, my God, there's all these things happening and what's going to happen to me? I, I don't, you know, and I, I, I speak to a lot of people who, like, can't sleep at night because yeah. they're so worried about all of the things in the world. Climate anxiety, Yeah, which is awful, you know, and I can't say that I have that. It's not that I don't think we need to change those things. I definitely think we do, but I'm not bombarded with it. And because I'm not bombarded with it, these are not the the thoughts that are first in my head, you know? It creates a negativity negativity bias in people's people's psyche. I really think that. I, I remember I was, when I stopped watching the news, like it was a line in the sand moment, I was sitting in my apartment in South Melbourne. I remember sitting on the couch, sun was shining, I was just having some lunch or whatever and I flicked on the TV and the news was on and it was like, horrible car crash, mother of three runs off the road and dies in a fiery inferno with her three children. Mm. And I was like, that's fucking horrible. Obviously, I would never wish that upon anybody in the world. That's fucking heartbreaking. But is that, like, is that positively affecting the family? Or is it positively affecting me? Like, does that story need to be told? And every other story around that was just like, there's stuff that we need to know that... And then there's stuff that we don't need to know. Yeah. And that was one of the things... And I was just like, I was just so sick of the news. I'd been thinking that way for ages, but yeah. I remember watching this one 
newsflash. And I was just like, fucking what? Mm. Why? Like, can't we, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work economically, but I genuinely, I had a, um, I used to Airbnb my apartment in South Melbourne. I had, I've had 500 people stay with me over the last handful of years. It's been great. Um, but I had a um, journalist, a, a young girl who just finished studying and she just came down to do some work at Channel 9 or Channel 10, I'm not sure. And um, yeah, I asked her about it and she's like, look, there's a thing where you have to inform the, the culture and the society on this, this, this and this. And I was like, yeah, I just wish that, if it, that economically it worked, the same amount of newspapers sold if it was flipped on its head. Because mm. I feel like the news is like 80-20 bad. Oh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. No, no, yeah. it definitely is. Imagine if it was 80-20 good. Yeah, I know. Oh, there's so much good stuff and positive stuff going on, but we I, don't hear about it. I know. I think it's a choice that people just need to make, though. Yeah. Do they listen to those things and stay awake at night because they've got anxiety about God knows what? Or are they not listening to those things and choosing to read books on how you're able to change the makeup of your mind to live mm. a happier life. Like, mm. like you know, it's up to the individual yeah. and I think we all have different journeys and mm. you're all uh, able to access the same amount of information. I just think it's what you choose that's able then to direct you to have the best life. So Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with you. We are in control of everything. Conversations like this, like, you know, someone might listen to this or watch it or whatever and go, wow, I never actually mm. thought about that. And it's yeah. just planting the seed. And, you know, five people may have stopped watching the news. And I'm not saying the news is a bad thing, but it's they may go, wow, I didn't realise that I was yeah. getting that anxiety yeah. because I was being bombarded with yeah. negative, you know, news stories coming at me. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it is a choice. Um, I just, yeah, I, I worry that we think more deeply about things and have decided to live our own way. And there's yeah. a lot of people that will come home from work and their go-to will be flick on the TV. And, you know, people don't think that deeply about these things a lot. No, not and at that, all. And, and just, yeah, so it's just, it just happens to be that that's what they're fed. I just think yeah. Yeah, it would be great if it was, yeah, if it was turned on its head. Because positivity breeds positivity. Positivity is a skill, 100%. you know. Gratitude journaling, for example. Um, gratitude journaling is the best example of, like, starting to train your brain to think positive Completely. thoughts. You know, and, and I think that, yeah, the more you can surround yourself with positive things. That's why with this show, like always, sometimes I'm like, I'll finish a show and I'll be like, fuck, that was just kind of a bit of a downer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was no, yeah, this is really fucked up and how's this story? And it's so interesting. There was no like, and what we can do to, you know. Well, do you know how I finish my podcast, A Life of Greatness? So basically <coughs> I always end with a series of different, like similar questions on every um, for every person I interview but the last question is always what is a life of greatness to you yeah oh and wow that answers, was my next question to you <laughs> the answers are phenomenal phenomenal and I always feel so blessed to listen to those answers mm. because they are you know they're so they're similar but so different and yeah. that's always leaves on such a high yeah that's awesome um, so what you do with a life of greatness, um, you know, you're telling stories about how to live your best life. And, and I feel like, as we mentioned earlier, you get to kind of pick and choose and pull the things from all the conversations that you've had and just living your life in yeah. general, right? You've obviously had a lot more of your actual life rather than, you know, yes. the interviews on your show. So you obviously would have figured out your own philosophy. And I, me personally, I'm still always, it's changing. I'm trying to figure out what is my philosophy on like how to, how to live the best life. You only get one chance. Like, what is it that I want to do with my time? But for you, it's a big question. It's the question that you ask, I guess, at the end of your shows. But like, 
Yeah, what does a life of greatness look like to you? What do you... I think hmm. a, a life of greatness is a life of service to make the world a better place. But it's also a life, you know, of gratitude, uh, a life of absolute happiness and joy, doing what you want to do without hurting anyone. Andy Lee actually said that. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that that's true. But really, it's a life, it, it, you know, it's serving others for the greatest good for all. I think that is a life of greatness because really when you're doing that and you're getting such a positive response, then you're just going to be fueled and happy to just keep on keeping on. And, and being able to lead your life in service, I think, is, is such a beautiful thing. So I, I feel that that is a life of greatness. Yep. So no worries. Yep. What a is life. a life of greatness to you? Um, that's interesting. Fucking hell, now I'm under the fucking pump here. <laughs> um, but no answer is wrong. No, no. You know. um, so, yeah. I, I, I wrote an Instagram bio for myself the other day, about a year ago. And it was, I changed it actually. It was actually for a um, Facebook um, personal business profile. Yeah. It was like the about me thing. And I was like, fuck, what do I write here? What, who am I? And I think I wrote, and I pretty much try and stand by this. Um, I think I wrote, I'm trying to re repay my sins by m leaving the world a better place than when I found it. So I really do well, feel... Well, you got the yeah, same yeah. thing as I kind of said. No, no, you're right. The sins part. No, no, no. The sins part <laughs> was just to make me sound yeah, cool, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> but really was. Yeah. But... Um, no, actually, actually, kind of wasn't because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, like growing up and done a lot of fucked up things. Um, not really, like I'm a good person, but yeah. I've just still always, everyone's Yeah, but everyone's up. on a journey of something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I've started a couple of businesses um, in the last handful of years and, yeah, I think with business, business is one of the bigger things that we can kind of impact the world with, I, I feel like, you know. I think industry drives changes in the world and conversations and so forth, like politicians aren't going to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone can kind of go out and I think entrepreneurs have the power to try and shape the world we live in and make it a better place. There's not really an entrepreneur that goes out and says, oh, well, there are, but, you know, I like entrepreneurs that go out and say, here's a way that business is being done in this particular industry and I think I can do it slightly better, slightly yeah. better for the planet, make the people, the end user happier, reward my staff and, and people around me better than they would be elsewise, you yes. know, and... and and to me, that's important because that is, for me, my day-to-day -day, and I might not be in the business I'm in now forever, um, but I'm sure I'll continue to be an entrepreneur, probably. I'll start another business in five years and probably another one 10 years after that. And, and yeah, I get a kick out of waking up and feeling like, yeah, I'm doing a little bit to, to make the world a better place. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, but I think... I think along the way, uh, so I had a company called Adventure Fit Travel. It was an adventure travel company for the wellness community. So we would take people on uh, adventure holidays to like uh, Mexico, for example, and we'd go climbing and diving and see all the sites and have as much Beautiful. fun as... Yeah, it was great. It was really great. And I really think there was no one really doing it six years ago, seven years ago. There was a few little uh, places, but now all the big companies have wellness travel. I really think we were really one of the first to do it. And it was a relatively successful company. Um, the brand was amazing. The experience was 
really great. But it was the business model sucked and I didn't do that great at it. It was my first kind of real yeah. entrepreneurial uh, venture. Um, so I shut it down and, and, you know, I'd already started another company and went, went ahead with that. But what, I, what happened along the way was I'm now with my life of greatness, I guess, I am now very cognizant of the fact that I can't, I could, but I'm not really willing to let my um, quality of life totally deteriorate like I did when I ran AdventureFit, my yeah. previous company. Because for me, everything went into it which is cool. That's what you have to do in business sometimes and it's blood, sweat and tears and I get that, no worries. But like, I just went too deep and yeah, I drove myself to like anxieties, depressions, you know, really? stuff, stuff like Yeah, and that's just, I want to do, I want to do good in the world and be a good person and try and positively affect people around me but I also want to live a great life for myself and that's filled with, you know, my friends and family. Of course. Yeah, which I didn't have that balance. You yeah, know? I know. And it's hard. It's hard finding the balance. But when you do, you know that this is supposed to be. And I think also, like, as we spoke about earlier, when you're doing a role that or a job that you are so in love with, and Vision Lakiani says this on, on the podcast, A Life of Greatness, it's not a job. Mm. It's just part of your life because you love yeah. it so much. So, you know. Yeah. 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 I was talking to uh, my buddy, my buddy who owns that gym I was telling you about. So it's on the Moynton Peninsula and yeah. I've been house-sitting down there, uh, my dad's place because he's away. And um, I was talking to him about, because he owns a CrossFit gym and um, yeah, I think, yeah, he owns a CrossFit gym and we originally were going to maybe go into business together like five years ago and so I've always, that's this, I always go back to this gym thing, yes. running, running a gym and um, yeah, I was just having this conversation yesterday because here's the gym that they've got down there, it's just like, oh my God, it's the dream. Is it? It really is. It's like you walk in there and everybody's just, it's, it's the greatest community of all time. Amazing. You know, it really is. And I think gyms, yoga studios, knitting clubs, dog walking societies, whatever, whatever mm. you want to talk about, I think they're so important in this day and age. It's community. That's right, community. I refer to it as like a third place. You yeah. know, homework, what's your third place? Yeah. What's your community? Um, they're so important. And he's just, my mate Wilbur is just nailing it. And um, yeah, I always get drawn back to yeah, that fitness fitness lifestyle for myself. Because you know how you just said that for you waking up, you're never going to work. You're just going to do something you fucking love doing Completely. and you get money in your bank every week yeah. in order uh, for doing that. You're like, wow, how'd that happen? That's just everyone's dream. And for me, yeah, I always go back to um, the fitness community. I feel like that was the time when I used to coach, like coach people, train yeah. people, whatever. And I just that was for me the time when I most felt like I didn't ever have a job, you know? I think that's a really great feeling to have. So, like, what's stopping you going to do that? Nothing. Nothing's stopping so me. So, do it. Yeah, but um, nothing's stopping me right now. But I've got another company that is still only less than two years old. And, you know, it'd be... I have other interests and other things that I have, like a hand over here doing this and so on and so forth. Yeah. But it would be just a little probably hectic for me yes. to do. Um, and I'm not in a rush. I... I um, caught up with a friend a couple of nights ago and I was talking about this gym stuff again and, um, and I said, uh, it was actually a date and it was actually a first date. Um, but I was talking about, you know, what I want to do with my life and I kept talking about the gym thing and I think, um, yeah, it probably won't be now but I'd be surprised if by the time it's all said and done I haven't opened a gym. And, yeah, you know, uh, I hope you do because I yeah. feel like 
you've spoken about it that much yeah. in a great way that that's where your passion and your yearning is from. And you said that that's the time, you know, in the past where that kind of made you happy. Mm. It's kind of a no-brainer. No, it is. It's actually the travel company that I own was actually... Um, I wanted to open a gym and take my community around the world on adventure holidays. Mm. And because um, I just wanted to travel for myself and I thought this is a great yeah, way to do yeah. it. <laughs> I was just trying yeah, to... Too. Yeah, yeah. It was, I was trying to find the loophole, yes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, right. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so, and I wanted to do, I wanted to do it quarterly. So like um, every quarter go over to New Zealand, maybe go to, and do some snowboarding or hiking and Bali, go do, surf, go do some surfing, hiking in Tasmania, whatever. And then I sold this piece of real estate that I had and, um, and I didn't sell it for what I thought I would sell it for. And then I was like, shit, I don't have anywhere near as much money as I thought I would have. And then I was looking at everything. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to build this gym. Right then and there, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. And then, yeah, so and then I still had this idea for travel. And then I was like, I wonder if I could just do the travel thing without the gym. And then that's how my, uh, my previous yes. company started. But yeah, no, it's great. Um, yeah, I'm really glad to hear that you uh, wake up every day and, you, you know, you don't really go to work. It's, it's awesome. So... Um, yeah what else like so the things that you've learned like little tricks and trades of like happiness greatness wellness yes. you know making the best most of your life things that you've learned what other little nuggets have you picked up along the way that you've thought wow I'd never really thought well, about things like that I think the big one for me is meditation so yep. I meditate every morning for like 50 minutes to an hour 50 minutes yeah Oof. and I've done it for the last few years guided that, is it like uh, yeah, guided yep so, so what do you different, use different kind of meditation so there's some kundalini ones that I listen to or um, there's heaps of different ones. So it, it always kind of a guided meditation and yep. I absolutely love that. And that completely, like I used to like always be thinking, thinking, yep. thinking, 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 and the brain would move around a hundred miles an hour and you don't realize how caught in your head you are. Mm -hmm. And then when I got introduced to meditation, I was like, like most people, ah, oh, this is not working for me. I've got like what the Buddhists call a monkey brain where the mm -hmm. thoughts are going from here to here to here. But then I started listening to meditations that I really enjoyed and I really immersed myself in them. And now it's like, I look forward again, like the work, but I look up, I wake up and I'm so excited to do meditation really? in the morning because I just love it. Full on. Um, and that's like a beautiful way to start the day. Like you're starting the day, like so happy after doing your meditation. Mm -hmm. So that definitely is like the key thing. And I think really, if you want anyone wants to build a spiritual practice or just to be happier in life, like... The way to slow down those brainwaves, really the only way to do it is to do some form of meditation. You don't have to do as long as I do, but you know, even if it's 20 minutes, that's, that's still something because mm -hmm. it's very rare that we get into that place these days because our lives are so hectic we, we can just be still. 100%. And to have that is so unbelievably important and mm -hmm. really the effects on the brain are next level. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely been one of the things. Um, and just the way that I think, you know, we were talking about not following the media anymore. That's a big thing that I don't do. And I just also involve myself in things that I really want to do that make mm -hmm. me happy. And I'm not a slave to just doing everything because I feel like I have to. And I, uh, you know, I really live a life that is so happy now. And it is 100% by listening to all these different people and, and really, you know, like, the fact that you create the environment around you can affect you a lot from a physical perspective as well as a mental perspective. Mm -hmm. You want to try and be in the best environment possible and create that environment for your friends and family and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just about filling your life with good things and doing 
good practices. So we talked about, you know, you said a gratitude journal is obviously mm-hmm. an amazing thing. You know, within my meditations, I give gratitude to the people or to the things that I'm, I have in my life that I am so happy about. Mm-hmm. I go to sleep every night you know, giving gratitude. Gratitude is the easiest way to get out of negative thinking. You Mm -hmm. know, you're thinking about a negative thing, move straight away to something positive that you're Mm -hmm. so grateful for. So that's unbelievably important to me. Um, Yeah, it's basically using those tools and, and, you know, trying to think in in a positive way rather than a negative way is so unbelievably important as well. That's great. So do you have um, do you have a morning routine? You said you meditate. Yeah, um, so you probably I, don't have any time for anything else if you're doing no, bloody no, 50 no, no, minutes. No, I, I meditate and then uh, not every morning, but I will do exercise as well. So I yep. think, you know, you being also a fitness person, I probably don't do as hectic exercise as you, but I'll do boxing or, you know, even if it's just taking my beautiful dog for a, like mm-hmm. an hour long walk or mm-hmm. something, well, then I'll listen to a podcast or music or something like an audio book or something. It's starting the day by being, having some form of movement. So mm-hmm. like I said, I by no means do it every morning, but I yep. do it a few mornings a week and I just love it. Like, you know, your endorphins are absolutely just going mad after you've done exercise. So I start with meditation most mornings I'll do some kind of form of exercise and then I start my day. And you know things as well, like I don't check my, I don't, the number one thing as well is you don't check your phone as soon as you get up and then mm-hmm. be bombarded by all, everything that's out there. The first thing I do is go into meditation mm-hmm. and then I'll check my phone later. It's, it's definitely the 101 of not, if wanting to live a happy life, allow yourself to have that beautiful morning routine mm-hmm. and then go and, you know, go on your devices and yeah. and so forth. So I think those are kind of the main things. And then just being inspired by all the beautiful people and having these amazing conversations. I mean, when you're so deeply ingrained in this kind of stuff, you're always learning. Like whilst we're in an age where information is so accessible to, mm. to all of us, I'm constantly reading books or listening to podcasts about this stuff how to make your life better and the ways that you you can do it and that that within itself it makes my life better mm-hmm. definitely um all right well that's great um i'm not sure how long we've been going how long have we been going yeah we've been going long enough so <laughs> <laughs> so um so sarah so um I always like to ask our guests kind of as we're wrapping up the show about their future. Like what is there in your future plans? You may have none. You may have very solid plans. But like in the next 5, 10, 15 years, like where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? What does your future look like? Well, I think it's just obviously growing the podcast, A Life of Greatness. And yeah, just kind of doing what I'm doing and making making sure that these messages are heard by so many people so if that's on a bigger scale great but you know i'm not too too planned i just kind Mm -hmm. of go with it so we'll see but it is completely doing what i'm doing so you know just kind of learning and heightening all of my crafts cool sounds good thanks um and then before we wrap it up so where can people find you if people want to know more about yourself obviously the podcast yes. um, anything else that you're if involved in where can they go about me go to sarahgrimberg.com there's heaps of blogs that I do and videos of all of the podcasts that I do as well as the podcast episodes themselves and other bits and pieces so sarahgrimberg.com or you can head to podcast one apple Podcasts, or spotify to download a life of greatness and as I said the podcasts are also on sarahgrimberg.com or you can follow me at a life of greatness podcast on Instagram. 
Cool. Sounds great. Thank you. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Put it there. And that's a wrap. Alrighty, guys. If you enjoyed that show, please support us. Uh, there's many ways you can support the show. You can support the show by telling a friend. You can support the show by commenting on our social media, tagging a mate. You can support the show by subscribing. So all good platforms for podcasts we're, we're uh, available on. So um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, and also you can subscribe via YouTube at Bill Kerr TV. Also, don't forget to check out trueprotein.com today. Use the code BRO for 10% off. Check out au.yeti.com forward slash bro to check out the best coolers in the business. And then check out athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A, and use the code bro when you inquire um, to chat about a live demo for, a, for, for building your team. And use the code bro and you'll get 20 hours free of uh, virtual assistant services with us. This has been Philosophy Through the Eyes of an Idiot. And see you next week.